I studied communication at university. I have a degree in communication. I thought because I had mastered these skills that I was amazing at it. And then I met Jay. (laughs) And I realized I was total shit at communicating with other human beings. And with you, I realized that all that training that I had learned in school was wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. So, Jay, are people great at communicating with each other? It's a good question. Let me ask you, are people good at cooking? Some. Are people good at swimming? Some. Are people good at time management? (laughs) No, not usually, but there are some. Some. Yeah. The answer is some. But what percentage of people are good at something? Like, what percentage of people are great chefs? Not, it's a small percentage. Right. What percentage of people are great swimmers? It's a small percentage. Are you a great swimmer? I used to be. Is Michael Phelps a great swimmer? Yes. Right. How, what percentage of people are good at time management? It's a small percentage. Right. Yeah. And so why would communication be any different? Well, okay. Doesn't it make sense that the majority of people will not be very good at communication and a small percentage will be great? Just well, like yeah. every other skill. Yeah. And I noticed you had a different reaction to cooking and swimming than you did for time management. Yeah. Is that because cooking and swimming are understood skills that people know they have to practice, whereas time management is something people do every day and take for granted? Uh, Yeah, that's that's part of it. And also part of it is because most people that I've been in contact with, interact with, they think they're great at time management and and they're not. Where kind of swimming and and cooking is something that's like, I'm good at this or I'm not. There's no like confusion for themselves anyway. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was getting at. If it's a skill that we do every day and take for granted, people tend to automatically assume they're good at it. If it's a skill we have to sit down and learn and listen and practice, we don't assume we're good at it. Yeah. Okay. So something like time management that we do every day, we assume we're good at it. Mm -hmm. How about driving? Do people assume they're good at it? <laughs> yeah, they they do. Right. But do people assume they're good at go-karting or bowling or rock climbing? No. Right. Mm. They don't assume it. But if it's something that they've been doing daily since like birth or whatever, or since they were teenagers, they assume they're good at it. Right. So, Fair enough. So every skill has a small percentage of people who are good at it mm-hmm. and a vast majority who aren't very good at it or mm-hmm. middling or average or whatever. And the more that skill is done daily or taken for granted, the less people are aware that they suck at it. The more people assume they're good at it. Okay. So, so this answers my, my next question then, which is like why so many people assume they're, they're great at this thing, this communication. We communicate every day. And most people, if you ask them, they, they say, oh, I'm so great at this. I'm, I'm a great communicator. I express myself really well. Uh, someone like me who has a degree in this topic was still really shit at it, right? Not complete shit at it, but like, I really had to learn a lot with you. Uh, There were, there were things that I didn't understand language and labels and identity and the way men and women talk to each other. And that's just off the top of my head, what I can think of. But so you're saying that the reason why we all think we're great at this is because it's something we do every day and take for granted then. Well, you tell me. We looked at cooking. We looked at swimming. We looked at time management. We looked at driving. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's not the answer. Maybe I'm wrong. But the obvious answer to these questions seems like the more we take something for granted or and the more we don't even know we're bad at it. Okay. So then how can we recognize when we're bad at this? Well, by not taking something for granted. So most people assume they're good at breathing. But if you've ever met a breathing expert, if you've ever seen Wim Hof breathe, or you watch a free diver set a world record for, for depth underwater, it's clear we're nowhere near as good at breathing as we think we are. Even, even a run-of-the-mill athlete is probably better at breathing than you or me. For sure. For sure. Right. But breathing is a skill we take for granted, and so we don't practice it. And so by taking it for granted we cut off all possibility of improvement. And if you want to recognize your own skill level, you can't take something for granted. You have to sit down, really take a hard look at it, pay attention and assess yourself on it and compare yourself to other people in that skill. If we don't expose ourselves to other people who are good at that skill, 
we'll never know how good or bad we are. If I stay in my own little bubble and I think I'm the world's best breather and I never meet a free diver and I never see Wim Hof and I never see the meditators and these breathing experts, mm -hmm. then I just, I just always cluelessly think I'm great. I have nothing to compare myself to. It's only when I dig deep into that subject and start researching the experts and start seeing who's actually good that I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have a long way to go here. I, I got some practice to do. Well, this makes sense. Like when I spent a lot of time taking in a lot of personal development content, I realized that maybe my expression wasn't the greatest. I didn't know how to improve it. I didn't even know where to, to start. I was so worried about other things, you know, my relationship at the time and where I was going, my purpose of life and all that stuff back then. So I really didn't understand. Now looking back, I can see where really like looking at this and focusing on watching these people who are on camera every day. And I'm not great at this. Neither of us are that great at it. Point is paying attention to these people who I, I, I feel are good at communication, kind of shine a light on it, especially with you. So you are an amazing communicator. You, uh, the way you express your views, your perspective on everything pretty much is unique and impressive actually. And so, yeah, sometimes you say like and uh, a lot and, and you might stutter over your words because you're, you're thinking, but your actual communication itself, it's pristine. Like you wrote that article about communication. I mean, it's a huge article. I'll link it in the description so other people can read it if, if they choose to. But it, it was a master class told in story form of how to communicate better. So I feel like I may have gone off topic a little bit. I'm sorry. Well, that's good. It's part of communication. <laughs> yes. Part of communication is being able to stay on topic. Or if you do go off topic, to understand that and respect the original topic and, and go on your tangent and then come back to it. Yeah. Well, see, that that's good that you said that because that was one of the things I really loved about you when we first met. I mean, even now still, you would like we would be having a conversation and you might go like a side note, you'd say like go off on the thing and the conversation would kind of like start to end and I would think it was over and you're like, oh, but our original point was and you would bring it back to whatever we were originally talking about like all the time repeatedly. Anytime that one of us went off on, the, on a different tangent, you always we're able to bring it back, which I think is really a key part of communicating with someone. When I was researching podcasts, one of the, I researched what, what do you people hate about podcasts? And one of the top things that people complained about was the speakers uh, going off on a tangent and never coming back to the topic or someone asks a question and, and they start answering and then they, they go off on a, on a tangent and they never bring it back. So like, this is perfect for you because you usually 95% of the time uh, bring it back. And even if you don't remember, you'll say, hey, did I answer your question? I went off on a little bit of a tangent. Did did I answer it or or did we, whatever the topic was, you bring, you bring it back. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. For example, we've gone on a long tangent here and you even forgot what the original topic <laughs> yes. was. And it was how people take things for granted and become bad at it and they need to expose themselves to better communicators or better people in their field yeah. to know where we're at to recognize how good we are and then you started to go and share your story about the masters in communication but you met me and that opened your eyes like oh there are better communicators out there i should explore this and i don't know where you're going with that but that's oh my thank you for see this is what you do in our personal in our personal life quite often. So my original point was that these people that I thought were amazing communicators online, uh, and this is their, their business is to teach personal development. They spend time speaking on stages and stuff. But when I met you, I realized they're great at what they do. They've got an audience and they do know how to communicate, but you could help them be so much better. And I'm not saying that because I love you and we're together and stuff. Like in the very beginning, when we were just friends, and you weren't interested in me, it was the same thing. The way you, the things that you talk about and, and the way you communicate are just, it's just next level. So that's where I was going. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. A big part of communication is giving someone space to communicate or share their story. Sometimes you have to interrupt and claim your space for your own. Sometimes mm -hmm. you have to give them the space. Right. So I gave you the space. You did. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that brings up another question. Sure. So... If you're in a conversation with somebody and somebody is telling you 
about their issue or their problem or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that person like starts to make it about themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, how can the person, the original person who has a problem, instead of being like, I was talking about me. Why? What are you doing? Don't make it about you. Like, how can they bring it back to them in a nice way? Like, sometimes I'll just say, thank you for sharing. My original point was, and then I just restate it or reiterate it. Other times you can say, hey, are we going off topic? Do you you still remember what I was talking about? Right. You've done that with me. Generally, I make a point of not talking or communicating or interacting with someone who does that if I can avoid it. Right. So these are conversational nuances and they're very nitty gritty and we can address them. Okay. But once you understand the broader principles of communication, they kind of sort themselves out. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Okay. So then what are the what are the broader principles of communication then that we should know as people who communicate with others every day? Great question. So let me ask you, do you need words to communicate? No. So then words are not one of the founding principles of communication then. If they're not if you don't need them, they're not a founding principle of it. Okay. That's, that's true, yeah. Yeah. If you went to another culture, you didn't speak the language, would you be able to communicate? Yes. Without words? Yeah. Could cavemen communicate? Yes. Without words? Yes. Right. So words are some new, modern, addition, whatever, a layer built on top of the founding principles of communication. Right. Okay. So then what are the principles if they're not words? People think words are the founding principle of communication, but they're not. If you think about it, stop to think about it, you'll realize they're definitely not. The founding principles are energy, attention, and value. Okay. Energy, attention, and value. Yeah. So are you able to sense the energy of someone's communication? Yeah, I can. Sure. Does Donald Trump communicate with different energy than (laughs) the Dalai Lama? Yes. Yes, he does. If you're talking to me here at the table... On camera, do we have a different energy than when we're having an intense debate or a fight? Yes. Can you sense the difference in energy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. If someone says, love you, or someone says, I love you, can you sense the different energy? Yes. Same words, different energy. Yes. If someone makes a sharp body motion or a gentle body motion, Can you sense the energy, the difference in energy? So these are all forms of communication, right? Okay. And so whatever you're communicating or someone is communicating to you is going to have some kind of energy to it. And it's an energy we can all sense. We can either sense it acutely and consciously or subtly and subconsciously, but we can sense it. Babies can sense it. Ever since you were a kid, you could sense it. If I write an email and I write a big, long professory email of like corporate legal speak, all to say you're fired. It's different than me saying, yo, you know, I'm sorry to break the news to you, but I I hate to be the one to have to do this, but we got to let you go. And that's, it's kind of on me actually. Like, yeah, that's a different energy. That's a different energy. Right. Okay. I got you. I never actually considered energy in this, in, in this space. So. Well, so this, this gets even more to the heart of like, what is communication? What is communication? People talk about it. Oh, I'm good at it. I'm good at it. You're bad at it. That was poor communication. But do any of them even know what it is? Could anyone define it? Could you even make a guess at what communication is? I mean, if you ask me, it's the way people uh, express themselves to each other. Maybe. But isn't expression only one part of communication? Like you can express yourself. What if I put my hands in my ears? (laughs) What if I close my eyes? What if I run out of the room? Uh, Okay. What if I block you? Yeah, then you can't communicate with me anymore because I'm blocked. So is your expression the communication or is your expression just part of the communication? Like it's the expression part of the communication. If you're blocked. (laughs) Okay. uh, Alicia Amira blocked me so I can express all I want. Am I communicating anything to her? No. But I'm expressing. All right. Fair play. Okay. So then it's a. Oh, wait. I remember from your article is a game of tennis. Yeah. Okay. This makes sense. Communication is the conveyance of information between multiple parties. 
It's not the conveyance of information between one party. You talking in a room to yourself isn't communicating anything to anyone, unless you're communicating with God or something. But there has to be multiple parties. Okay. Yeah. At least in our definition of communication, you might philosophically argue that you're communicating with yourself or talking out loud to sort out your thoughts. But is that really communication? Because you could think it in your head just the same. Mm, Okay. So for this definition, we'll say no, that like it has to involve multiple people. So it's the conveyance of information between multiple parties. Not just people, because animals can communicate. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So multiple parties then. Yeah. All right. I got you. So for this communication between multiple parties to happen, it can't just be one person expressing while the other person blocks and puts their hand in their ears. There has to be a second half here. Yeah. They have to take in the expression. Right. This is called receiving or reception. Receiving the communication. Yeah. They have to receive the communication. They have to receive the expression. Like a game of tennis. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not a game. No, it can't go back and forth. Yeah. If you're just hitting the ball out and it just bounces off the floor or whatever. Yeah. Or a dance. Like I can lead, you can follow, I can move my body here, you can move yours there, but it doesn't work unless there's two Two people. people. Like communicating in the dance. I got you. Again, you could play tennis against the wall and you can (laughs) dance on your own, but this is not really the point. No, but for our definition, we decided that it was... Uh, one or more people, multiple people. Well, not just one or more, multiple people. Okay. So because it's multiple people conveying information to one another, mm-hmm. every little packet of information that gets sent and received has an energy to it. It's not neutral. It might be a positive communication. It might be a negative communication. It might be very intense. It might be very subtle. It's got a, It's got an energy to it. Right. So energy is one of the founding principles of communication. Okay. Now, attention is a second founding principle of communication because if I block you and put my hands in my ears and close my eyes and I'm not paying attention to your expression or the energy that you're sending out, the information that you're sending out, Mm -hmm. that I'm not receiving it. You need my attention. If you ever try to communicate with an audience that is not paying you attention, (laughs) it's not going to go well. Yeah, that's true. Makes sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And just like with energy, there are different kinds of attention. I could be paying you half attention. I could be paying you full mm-hmm. attention. Yeah. I could be paying you biased attention. Yeah. I could be paying you triggered attention. I could be paying you no attention. True. And so people wonder why their communications go poorly. Well, oftentimes the energy being sent out or expressed is not of high quality, mm-hmm. not well done. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the audience is not in a receptive mode or being attentive or the quality of attention is poor. And so then how could it go well? Well, it can't. If somebody is only giving you, like, if if I'm on my phone and I'm like, and you're talking to me and telling me something, of course, I'm not paying attention. I'm not giving, I can't get all the juicy goodness (laughs) from you uh, because I'm only giving you not even, you know, a third of my attention. Like everything is focused on reading whatever's happening on my phone or whatever. So yeah, makes sense. Right. And it goes even deeper than that. It's not just about, Are you on your phone or am I listening? For example, if I'm doing my best to explain to you how important it is to have a foundation and build a nest egg and keep a stable home and keep the income coming and have a thriving business, Mm -hmm. because without it, you can't build a healthy relationship or sustain a healthy family. And all you are thinking in your head is he's a beta cuck. He's a beta simp. This guy can't make money. This guy can't. He cares too much about this stuff. Yeah. Right. If you're all up in your head with like Mm -hmm. beliefs, old beliefs that you've had, and you're not receptive to what I'm trying to communicate to you, Mm -hmm. is it going to be productive at all? Nope. It's probably going to lead to an argument, or at least not in that moment, but later on. Right. Or worse. So yeah. Yeah. And what if you smile and nod and you put on a really good acting job and you're like, oh, I totally get it. I'm totally listening. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm glad we covered that. And then you go off to your own room or routine. (sighs) And do your thing. How effective was that communication? It was not. It was a waste of time. Right. And so if that happens, maybe we both can do better. Better. Maybe I should like spot actors better, pretenders, or look for signs if I'm being received or not take people's word for it. Or, you know, maybe there's something I can do. Uh, Use different language. Use a different metaphor. Find some better way to communicate that's going to grip your attention and command your attention and and cut through all of your biases. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but maybe not. Maybe I've done the best I could and I, I performed the communication in good faith and the rest is up to you. I don't know. So there have been times where you, your side of the communication was spot on. And for my myself, my energy was outwardly good. My words were out, outwardly understanding and, and getting it. And yes, but internally, like you said, I was like, fuck this. I don't want to deal with this. Tell him what he wants to hear so we can go away and get back to work because I don't want to deal with whatever issue we're fighting about or whatever it is in the moment. But that's where I failed in the communication. It had nothing to do with what you said or I, like you said, all these negative beliefs and all these past bullshit in my head of I'll deal with it later. I don't really want to. And then I would leave, we would go to our spaces to work and I would be fuming. I would be mad at you, not because it wasn't really what you said. It was my own shit. And instead of being honest and saying to you, like, I lied, I wasn't, I was only half paying attention. I'm really angry about whatever you said or the situation or whatever. So of course the communication failed. If, if one person is giving this great energy, great attention and and saying the right things and and trying to really make sure that things are clear like you're teaching me something and and I'm like yeah I get it it's it's perfect thank you so much you're right and and you're just want to make sure as a teacher like hey did you really understand did you did you get that and if I lie and say yeah I got it what what do I expect of course something negative is going to come from this. I lied. I faked my energy. I said the words that weren't really true. No, I didn't get it. Uh, no, I'm not happy about it. No, I'm, I'm really confused about all this stuff. And so, but I'm going to tell you I'm great. Like, and, and it's not just between you and I that I've done this. Like I've done this with my own mother, with my children, with my, with my friends and family just to shut them up. Because sure. I don't want to go deeper on whatever it was we were talking about. So Sure. But life is for going deeper. Relationships are for going deeper. So if you avoid that, then you pay for it, right? And yes. that kind of energy where you fake one energy and really feel another mm-hmm. is one of the worst or most harmful kinds of communication. Uh, politicians do this all the time. They promise one thing and secretly go do another. And they have no intention of keeping these promises. Yeah. This is the most poor communication you can give to others. And anytime you do it, you're sort of becoming like a politician, right? Trying to manage people and manage the situations rather than engage sincerely in communication and conversation and go as deep as necessary. Right. Um, I'm glad you got past that or whatever. Yeah. But either way, you can see these two founding principles of communication are involved in all forms of communication, even a father lion like roughhousing with a a baby lion Mm -hmm. like it looks like they're biting each other and it could be bad but if the energy is good and they're both paying attention it's going to be fine yeah right Mm -hmm. but if an invader or a predator tries to come upon the pride of lions Mm -hmm. there's going to be a different energy and it won't be play yeah but even still it's still good communication it's like yeah. Okay, time for a different energy, time for a different level of attention, and I'm going to communicate that this is our territory. Yeah. Nature understands communication, and humans are part of nature. Yeah, that's true. And as a baby, you would always communicate quite well. If you were hungry, you mm-hmm. would express it. Yeah. If your parents wanted your attention, you would give it. Or if they were bringing some kind of negative energy to you, and it wasn't loving, and it wasn't nurturing, and it wasn't kind, you would go tune out and watch the TV. Yeah. Like you wouldn't give your attention to <laughs> yeah. bullshit communication from, yeah. from abusive parents or whatever. You go right. hide in your room or something. It's, it's the kid version of blocking them. Yeah. It, when I was a kid, when I would talk on the phone to my parents, they would, each one of them, whoever I was talking to would make me turn the TV off. I didn't know what the hell they said. I wasn't paying attention. So sure. Yeah. This is more like a teenager at infant level. You have like a very simple, natural communication. Oh yeah. 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 At teenager yeah. level, you have like a more political kind of communication. Yeah. Like you're, you've learned to try and conduct two conversations at once and so on. <laughs> yes. But parents can sense it. We can sense when someone's not paying attention to us on the phone or in conversation most of the time. If we are out of practice with communication and out of practice with sensing the energy and out of practice with uh, attention levels, levels of attention, mm-hmm. then we might not be able to. But it doesn't mean you like it's impossible. It just means you're out of practice. Right. 
you were once good at this. Yeah. We were we all, all once we good were at all this. Were, yeah. 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 Because yeah, a little kid knows when the parent is talking in a regular voice, like, you know, go clean up your room versus like, go clean up your room. <laughs> like, you know, they, this is just a very subtle uh, nuance, but they know. And that technically doesn't get worse as you become an adult. Like you only become more sensitive, yeah. more aware, more good at the nuances of communication, right? You're just better at it than you were when you were a kid, unless you're out of practice. Yeah. I've like said to you, uh, I can't even think of an example, but there's been times where you'd say, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And you're like, uh, are you though, because my energy was different because I'm focused on, on something completely different. I'm answering your question, but like I'm talking to somebody or I'm dealing with a client or I'm answering a question or whatever. And, and so even though I'm totally fine, everything is fine. It didn't, (laughs) didn't sound like you're really fine, but you pick it up immediately. So yeah, we, we do get better in time. And I think the more time we spend with somebody, uh, then the more we, we of course, get better at that too with that particular person. So, Sure. I mean, a mother and her child often have energy and attention across distances. Yes. Like the kid gets hurt at school and the mom is like over the sink and she's like, I have to call the school. Yeah, that's happened this to is, me. This is extremely common. Yeah. This is not even rare. Yeah. Almost like... Like 90% of mothers have a moment like this and yes. it turns out to be true. Yes. And you want to wave it away as coincidence, but when it's 90% of mothers, it's not coincidence. Yeah. And so there's true. some kind of information or communication happening without words and without body language and across distance. Mm-hmm. And so this is energy and attention, but we won't go there because it'll trigger some people and they're like, oh, woo woo and whatever. <laughs> so no, you guys yeah, can yeah, look into it. That's a different po- podcast, I think, but our episode, yeah. Yeah. Anyone can look into that on their own if they want. Yeah. But it doesn't change the fact that the founding principles of communication are energy, attention, and value. And value, the third one, affects the energy and attention. So for example, maybe I'm talking to Chris about how important it is not to take drugs and stay clean and be sober and live a good life and so on. Yeah. But Chris doesn't value discussions on this topic. He doesn't think it's important. Chris values discussions about League of Legends and K-pop and Dance Dance Revolution. This is Chris's world. This is what he values. He does not value stuff about politics. No, he wouldn't care. He'll tune out and become bored. Yes. He does not value conversations about drugs or celibacy or waiting till marriage or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. He'll tune out and get bored. So... I might be expressing with my whole heart this important lesson for this child, but he he doesn't pay any attention. Or worse, he pretends to pay attention, making me waste my time and his for the whole conversation. And then he goes about his business back to normal because it wasn't real attention. It was fake attention. And he tricked me and I let it happen. Yeah. Or I might want to talk to you about the health of the business and how important it is to, to build the business and make it thrive. But all you care about is physical touch, relationship intimacy, and keeping a good home. (laughs) And I'm doing my best to connect those two worlds because to me, I know that a thriving business is essential to keeping a good home and relationship Mm -hmm. intimacy and getting time and space for physical touch so we're not scrambling for the next client and so on. Right. And so I can see the value and I'm doing my best to communicate it, but as soon as you hear the word business or money or whatever, you tune out or shut down right. or get triggered. And now you're all in your head thinking this and that. And my whole conversation's a waste and I've lost your attention. Sure. It's like if you go off about science and stuff, then my eyes glaze over and I'm like, I, I don't care. Right. So yeah, I got you. But the science may help you get what you want. <laughs> yeah. But if you don't see it, so value has to be perceived. It has to be seen. It has to be recognized. So it's not, it's not the value that we place in it. It's the value of the person receiving the information from us in our communication. It's the value of both. If you're expressing something, presumably you've already seen the value in it. Do you often express things that you think are trash, not value? (laughs) No. Even if you're yelling at someone, you think this yelling needs to be done. Yes. You see some kind of value in it. Okay. Even if it's just venting or 
feeling better or whatever. A lot of people communicate and the only value they need is, well, this made me feel better. So I don't care if it hurts everyone. Yeah. But still, okay. you see I, the value. There's, okay. So this makes sense. So generally, if someone's expressing something or trying to convey something mm-hmm. in communication, they already see the value in it. Okay. Yeah. Because we don't talk about things that are not valuable to us, yeah. let alone other people. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you talk about uh, monks in Tibet? <laughs> no. Right. You're going to yeah. randomly bring that up? No. No, because it's not valuable to you. But do you talk about who's taking out the trash? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it's valuable to you. Yeah. It matters. The trick is, like, does your receiver perceive the value? Does your receiver see the value? Does your audience see the value? Right? Okay. And the level of value that your audience recognizes affects how much attention and energy they're contributing to the conversation. Okay. This makes a lot of sense. So then if I talk about something, okay, stamps, I love to make stamps, make stuff with stamps. So if I uh, do a podcast episode about stamps, but our audience is here for, uh, you know, fresh views on taboos, they're not going to give a crap. And even though it's valuable to me, it's not to them and they're not going to listen and they're not, they're going to turn it off. Yeah. But there's nuances. If you were able to make the episode about stamps relevant to people with fresh views on taboos, then you could command their attention and they would give their energy to communication. So maybe you made some stamps about the left and the right and center, and you use those stamps to uh, explain the political landscape in a new enlightening way. And now people are like, whoa, that was, that was a next level episode. I can't believe they tackled political discourse this way. It's really refreshing and they did a great job. Right. Now your communication lands much better. They perceive the value mm-hmm. and they give their attention and the communication works well. Okay. I you got see? you. I got you. Yeah. All right. This is good. Thank you. Thank right. you for clearing it up. But no one teaches this. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not and at so all. So most people are like yap, yap, yapping and their communication is basically a giant waste of their time. Yeah. Okay. So as somebody who studied communication, I can genuinely say, at least at the time of my education, this was not something my professors ever discussed or talked about. I don't think the words energy, value, and attention, I mean, okay, maybe attention, but value and, and energy were ever brought up in class. So this is this is super helpful for me. Uh, and, and so I'm sure for other people who are wanting to communicate better in their lives and maybe in their business. So everyone who's communicating with someone else really kind of needs to be asking themselves, how was my energy in that communication? How was my attention with my audience? How was my audience's attention on me? Right. How was the perceived value in this communication? Whether it's a fight with your partner or a a lesson you're teaching to your students or a girl you're hitting on, whatever, you need to ask yourself, (laughs) how was my energy, attention, and value in this communication and how were, how was theirs because it matters fair enough fair enough okay super helpful thank you i really appreciate you um all right so then what about people who want to express and want to communicate with someone but they don't know what to say i've had this issue lots of times and i'm like i don't say anything and later on you're like why did you just say that so is it, is it just that simple is to say that to somebody or? Yeah. Well, ask yourself, when you were an infant, did you ever have a moment of, I don't know what to say, or I don't know how to express? One month old? No. You couldn't get your needs met? No. Two months just old? Cried. You couldn't get your needs met? No. I just cried. Or laugh. Or laugh. Or, or reach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fair play. Whatever. You knew what to do. Yeah. Sometimes it was it a tricky. natural. Sometimes it was a tricky thing to explain, like I hurt my foot or something. And it's like parents aren't getting it and you had to do extra things. Yeah. 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 You always communicate in some way. Yeah. But you had a natural flair for communication. I just thought of something. uh, When I was really little, I put raisins in my nose and I couldn't talk yet. And I kept like... My 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 mother noticed, so she uh, took a flashlight and, and looked, 
and she saw that they were in there and she couldn't get them out. And, and, and this is, they went and took me to the, the hospital. But I thought of it because like I wasn't able to say like, I can't breathe and it hurts. Please help me. Um, but I, I did what I could. So this makes this makes a lot a lot of sense. Okay. Right. And you weren't embarrassed. No. And you weren't judging your expression. No. And you were like, oh, I shouldn't say that or this could go wrong. <laughs> no. You're right. just like, I need to express what I got to express. Yeah. And even as a toddler, right? Toddlers yeah. aren't really giant liars. They're not really super no. political. No. So even as a toddler, you were still able to naturally express. Yes. I like this. I don't like that. I want my toy. I don't want to go to bed, whatever. Yeah. And they throw things or cry or... Yeah, they let you know for sure so, what they want. So you and everyone listening to this mm -hmm. was once a natural communicator. They never had a moment of, I don't know what to say. That didn't exist. Okay. Did not exist. Okay. Because in communication, there's the receiver and there's the expressor. And your, your only job is the expressing part. Okay. I mean, unless you're listening to someone else, in which case it's the receiving part. Right, right. But, but generally, one or two. When you when you say, I don't know what to say, that's ridiculous. You're the expressor. If you're in the expressor position and you have something to say, you simply express it. You can just do this and the person next to you is going to be like, <laughs> what, dude, what the hell's wrong? <laughs> but it will start a conversation. Yeah. Like, All right. voila, Fair mission enough. accomplished. Uh, you can turn your body and pull away. Yeah. You can start looking around the room and people will be like, yo, is something up? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to say anything. But you have it's to true. express. It's your it's job. True. Okay. And it was never difficult for you before. If it's difficult <laughs> now, ask yourself what happened. Fear. What happened to all your skill? Fear. You were great at this. Yeah. Right. Well, if you're you're afraid, then you don't deserve to communicate. Like what? <laughs> you so, have a tool. You were given a mouth, arms, hands, a brain. How can express? Yeah. So you're, you're a hundred percent. And if right. you're too scared, and then you won't get your needs met. You, no one's going to listen to you. Yeah. No one's going to pay attention and you, you don't get the benefits of communication because you have opted out of, of the expression part. You have opted out of communicating because of fear. I might say the wrong thing or people mm -hmm. won't like me. And it's like, all right. They are right there. So that's, ex Oh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> what no one's asking you to no, move I mountains know, or know, lift like 400 pound bench press <laughs> i know i know freaking speak uh, out um so wave a hand when we were a long time tap, ago, tap out sos <laughs> okay you're right it was a long time ago uh we call the when we talk to each other we call them the fight at darius's um the landlord's name was darius and uh, I was living there and you would come and stay a few days with me and you would go home and we got into a really big fight because I wouldn't communicate. I wasn't expressing my feelings. The source of the argument was communication. I, I, I remember saying like, can't I just have a few minutes to get my thoughts together? And you were like, no, you wanted me to just tell you how I felt instead of like, what I was unable to say to you was, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm afraid you're going to get upset because I'm going to tell you how I feel. Because that was really the truth. Sure. But if you're going to communicate, you have to be okay with someone getting upset. That's the thing. But it goes so much deeper. I got emotional because back then, the reason why I, I didn't... Uh, express myself was because I didn't want you to get mad. And I spent so many years people pleasing and caring about how other people felt above my own feelings. It's like, I've learned that other people's feelings matter, but not before my own. And we had a, a really rough time because of this, because, because of my, my fear, my fear of upsetting you, my fear of a fight, my fear of not because like you were going to do anything bad or anything. I just, um, I'm not a fan of people disliking me or being angry with me or, or, or upset with me. We need the haters. <laughs> no, I know. I <laughs> Now, even today, like, oh, this is a side thing, but today, like, we've had a, a few not nice comments on, on our video we just posted on TikTok. And I, at lunchtime, I was making lunch and I was like, am I sure this is the stuff I want to make? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, I know it doesn't matter if I upset people, people, I can't please everyone. This is just, it's impossible. So sorry to, to come back to the point. I understand that a lot of people are afraid to communicate because 
they don't want to upset their partner. They don't want to upset the person that's receiving their information. But I think this leads to, to, to worse stuff because and this is why the that fight has a name. That's why, like, still four years later, we know when we're talking, when we talk about that, that fight, we know exactly the argument and the situation because it was such a big deal because I refused to be honest and communicate my real feelings. And, and I mean, I don't know, but I don't think I'm the only one. I think that these are like deeper issues that are more involved than just communication. And, and if we don't fix these issues, people pleasing the fear, you're setting yourself up for a really, really shitty experience with someone. Yeah. The simple truth is everyone was unafraid of self-expression for years. For much of their childhood, they were unafraid of self-expression. So if you're a full-grown person now, listening to this podcast, and you're afraid of self-expression, I mean, ain't no good coming from that. So you better fix it. Yeah. It, there's no higher priority. I totally agree. I like, totally agree. It'll, it'll screw up your jobs. It'll screw up your relationships. It'll screw up your entire life if you are afraid to self-express. Self-expression is why you were born. Self-expression, you are here to express yourself on earth. And if you have suddenly become or somehow become afraid of that, you absolutely must fix it or watch everything in your life turn to shit. Yeah, 100%. And there's different ways to get through this or overcome it or undo it, but you got to make it a priority and find your path. I totally agree. And and working on this, it it was a journey. This is not like after the fight, oh, everything was great and wonderful. Uh, no. We, we, we've been together four years. And, and so I've learned how to communicate, but I'm not great at it. We got into a huge fight. Uh, and, and this one's called December 22nd. <laughs> and I spent 18 days, y'all, 18 days annoyed and angry, but he didn't know. I was cool. He had no idea that I was, I, I was that, that I had any, negative emotions that was happening. I spent 18 days in hell because well, I could tell by the income. There were other subtle clues besides that. Well, I could tell by the audience growth. Yeah. This I'm saying this yeah. right there. But it doesn't matter. The point is I spent 18 days um hiding my feelings. And and the truth of the reason I spent those days uh hiding them was because I wasn't sure for myself. It wasn't I didn't want to upset you. It was, I'm not sure what I want to do going forward. So I needed time. Uh, and I didn't think I should express that until I knew. So like, and even that sounds like an excuse to me, I'll be honest. But you should have just expressed it. I should have. I, I feel just, unsure. I should have said, I'm unsure. I'm angry. I need some time or I'm taking some time to think things over. Like, I'm not perfect. Like I said, it's been a journey, but oh. God, please sort this shit out. Learn from me. Don't spend years. Uh, this is this is probably the main one of the main sources of uh, contention between us. Is well, in friends. any relationship. In any relationship. Uh, Relationships are communication. You better be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. If you can't have the hard conversations, the hard conversations, then <laughs> I don't expect your relationships to go very far. Yeah. So yeah. you take what you get. Uh, anyway. Okay. So moving on. I know that you like to spend your time with people who are open to communication and who are open to receiving and who are really good people and aren't arguing against you. This is not the kind of people you spend time with. I have people in my life, my family, not all of them, just certain members that make it difficult to have a conversation with them because when I do communicate, they bring up old stuff like when I was two or what not. So I don't want to cut this person completely out of my life. I, I love her. She's my family. So how do I, what do I, what do I do? How can I deal with someone like this if cutting them off isn't an option right now? Do we agree that communication is a skill that requires practice and improvement? Yes. And do we agree that people who are more skilled at something are more capable of certain challenges and people who are less skilled at something are less capable of those challenges. Yes. So a beginner swimmer who's out of practice could do a lap in the shallow end across the width of the pool. Right. A pro could do laps across a lake. Yes. So in communication, 
a challenging, difficult communication partner or audience is basically like doing laps in the lake. Whereas an easy, friendly, open-hearted, open-minded, non-judgmental, receptive, attentive partner is like laps across the width of the pool in the shallow end. Fair play. Okay, yeah. So you have two options with the lake audience. You either get your communication skills high enough to make, make this easy. Yeah. Someone who's good at handling difficult conversation partners. Mm-hmm. This is rare and takes a level of dedication and mastery. Like it might take a lifetime of practice to get good at dealing with difficult conversation partners. Or your other option, go back to the shallow end, cut those people out and go find someone better to talk to. And you shouldn't feel guilty about cutting these people out because they're making it hard. They're the 400 pound weight. They're the difficult conversation partner. They do not deserve an interaction and, and joy and bliss and, and positive vibes from the person who's struggling to, man, to manage the conversation. Like, I'm not going to ask someone, some beginner swimmer to go uh, swim that marathon for me. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if I did, I deserve to lose that person. They need, they'll, they'll drown and it's my fault. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you asking this terrible swimmer, beginner swimmer who's out of practice to manage this giant challenge? Yeah. And when we have difficult conversation partners in our life, it's it's on them. Why are you asking some beginner conversationalist to navigate your bullshit, your impossible conversations, your negative vibes? It is ridiculous. It is your fault and you deserve to lose them, at least for a while. Like they should take a break from you. You should take a break from these people. But if you really, really absolutely are like, no, I want to swim the marathon. I want to get really good at communication. Yeah. Well, fine. You know how you get, get ready for a marathon? You train. Yeah. And you know how that training goes? Yeah. It's hard and, and it's, yeah. it's exhausting. It is. And, it's, and you get injuries. And you can get injured. Yeah. And you got to like put in the time and people are like, oh, are you going to come out partying? No, I got to deal with this yeah. training. And so now you have to go and find a bunch of difficult people and talk to them all the time because you need to start getting good at it. What? That's what you're I signing know. up for. These are the two <laughs> options know. with the skill. I know, but I, you made me tired just thinking that, but you're right. You're 100% right. These are your two options. I take a lot of pride in my communication and mm-hmm. I, I don't shy away from confrontation or difficult mm-hmm. conversations. Mm-hmm. And I use them as practice to, to navigate them and learn from them. And I've become quite adept at most of them. But even I, being good at them or above average at them, still hate doing this. Yeah, like, mm. like I don't want to get on air and discuss these views with these like antagonistic, difficult conver- conversationalists, yeah. Piers Morgan and Jordan B. Peterson and whatever. Like, they're just heavy weights. They're just an annoying challenge. Like, I got you. It's like I get yeah. it. You have your agenda. You're super biased. You're very intellectual. You like dominating the conversation. Maybe that's more peers than Jordan, but you get the point. Yeah, yeah. I, I got your, I get your point. So recently you reached out to your mom uh, to to try to yeah. have a hard conversation with her. You said to her, I recently had a hard conversation with Sid and we should have this difficult conversation. There's a conversation that you two need to have face to face and that you guys, sure. it just hasn't happened. I'm and not you, hiding from it. No. And, and you've tried, like you've. Man, you, you've tried. Uh, and and so I, I get it. And what you're saying is, is 100% right and spot on. It feels difficult and it feels, it is like training for a marathon when you know you're going to. And, and if, see, it's funny because here I am like, how do I, how do I, it's my mom. So <laughs> how do you deal with it? I and you're you. like. And you're like, mom, let's have this difficult conversation. Like, let's do this. I'm going to write you five pages and, and all this great stuff. And let's do this. And, and she's like, mm, no. And and it's the complete opposite for, for me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I know you can teach me. I'm not quite ready. But I, I thought maybe on the podcast we could talk about it a little bit because it is something that bugs me that I don't talk to my mom. I only text. Sure. So let's say you want to choose the marathon route and you're like, I do want to have this difficult conversation with this difficult conversation partner and I want to do it well. Okay, fine. So I wrote an article recently called 30 mistakes to avoid in relationship fights. Oh yeah. Yes. If, if talking to 
your mom and having this conversation and navigating it well is a priority, then you might want to start there because those are some of the skills of how to conduct a conversation well. Right. It's things like paying close attention and listening deeper, reading the energy behind people's words and getting to the heart of their point, seeing the best in them, giving them the benefit of the doubt, rephrasing their argument and mirroring it back to them to make sure you understand all this kind of stuff. You can read books about communication, nonviolent communication by Marshall Rosenberg uh, could be a good one to start with. But really, it's a big job. You're going you're gonna to have to practice and you're going to have to have way more hard conversations with way more people. <laughs> so I really just prefer to cut people out and and focus on the people that are joyful to communicate with, yeah. who have basic communication skills and are able to navigate a chat without judging me and snapping and triggering. Yeah. Um, I would happily discuss things with a lot of the commenters if they could have a civil debate, if they understood basic communication, if they could bring quality energy and quality attention to the engagement, yeah. if they could conduct their arguments in good faith. But if they're just going to bring snap judgments, knee-jerk reactions, triggers, biases, closed minds, and so on, then there's no point. No productive conversation is going to happen here, and we'll just waste both of our time. So now there's two people on the planet who are wasting their time. It's not healthy. It's not productive. It's not great for the economy. It's not great for nature. It's not great for the world. Wasting our time with trolls is never helpful. Right. True. Well, I really appreciate that. And and when I'm ready to have that the conversation with her, I, I definitely will let you know because I, I will need your help. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So one of the things that you get a lot of praise for or you have in the past is, is asking great questions. And questions like are part of communication. I've learned how to be better in my business by asking questions, even with the kids, uh, gap selling questions. And you like always have next level questions Uh, for people who like me, who may feel like they they could get better at this and use questions better in their communication. How can we learn to ask better questions? Because you haven't written that book yet. (laughs) (laughs) But I've been asked to multiple times. You have. I've asked you too. So, so the the trick is, or the basic the basic principle of asking good questions is your questions will only be as good as your current understanding. So, a scientist who understands the atmosphere mm-hmm. might ask questions such as, "Does the ozone layer play a role in refracting light and creating the hue that we see in the sky?" Interesting. I wonder, we should test that hypothesis or whatever. Okay. Because he has a deep understanding, a fairly deep understanding of life in the world and science and particles and how all these things interact and light refraction and wavelengths and so on. So pretty powerful question coming from a a deep understanding. Mm -hmm. But a kid might ask, why is the sky blue? Fair play. And so our questions on anything can only ever be as good as our understanding. And so we have a society that to be real kind of avoids understanding. Yeah. I mean, hopefully our audience doesn't, but most people do. They want opinions spoon fed to them. They don't want to do their own research. They don't want to dig deeper. They don't want to critically think. They don't want to be consciously aware of what's going on or what's happening or themselves, or they don't want to get philosophical. None of this stuff. Yes. What they want is quick answers so they can get back to their games or their movies or their Netflix or whatever. Their entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. And so since most people shy away from great understanding, then most people can't ask very good questions. But if you want to get better at asking questions and you want to ask better questions, it's easy. You just do what you did when you were a kid. You start where you are, understand what you understand, and keep digging. So why is the sky blue? Oh, because God made it that way. Why? <laughs> right? Now I, want to, now, now I want to dig deeper. Yeah. The kid doesn't just let it go. Oh, great. That's good enough. Bye. I'm saying they never accept it on face value. And Mm -hmm. as their understanding grows, they're going to ask more and dig deeper. And often right there, why did God do that? Why not purple? Why not orange? Yeah. Well, actually, sometimes you do see a purple sky or an orange sky. Oh, but I thought you said it was blue. God made it blue. Well, I meant that it's default to blue. And when sunsets and stuff happen, then it's different (laughs) color. Why? (laughs) Yeah, this is what kids do. 
And that question why is one of the most powerful questions because it leads to more understanding. And with more understanding, you can ask better questions. Yeah. And eventually you get to the scientist level where you're like, I wonder if the ozone layer plays a role in the refraction of light and the hue of the sky that we perceive with our retinas. My God. It's just funny because of what I said earlier about science. <laughs> so, well, but see, this is an example. You tune out on the topic of science. Mm -hmm. And so you lose out on the information that's being conveyed. Mm -hmm. There could be something there that could be helpful. That might help you talk to a climate change activist later on in the future. That might get you a big business deal. There is valuable info there. But if you don't see the value mm -hmm. or you shut down, your energy goes away, your attention goes away, and like the communication is useless to you. It's fine for some people in the audience who aren't triggered by the su subject of science, sure. but like you will not get benefit from that communication. And that could be a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. But for me, I do my best not to tune out on any subject. No, I know. Because if someone else is deciding to communicate something, I'm hoping that there's going to be value in it, unless it's a troll on the internet. And even then, Technically, there's still value. I try to always get some value out of whatever they say to me, even if like it's far out there and ridiculous. I will look at it and ask myself, what was the true part of this? But anyway. But did you do it just now when I said that question? Uh, no. So there you I go, right? I'm, I'm not. So it's an example. But people do this. People yeah. tune out when they hear a trigger word. I don't like science, so I'm done. So Oh, I don't like finances, so I don't want to hear it. Yes. But you, I, yeah. there is value. You shouldn't do yes. that. Pay yes. attention. Open your mind. Chill out. Words can't hurt you. Stop shooting yourself in the foot with communication, right? Yeah. Someone is doing their best to communicate with you. It might not be your favorite way. It might not be the way you're used to. It might be unfamiliar, but it, that does not mean it's not valuable. And that does not mean there's not energy there that is worth paying attention to. Fair enough. So with questions, you see that our level of understanding matters a lot to asking good questions. And so if you want to ask a question about your spouse, if you have two people, two women, and they're both in relationships, mm -hmm. and they both want to know why their man cheats, okay? okay? This one, assume she already knows, he's just a dog, I don't know why I ever married him, mm -hmm. and her best way of communicating is, how come you cheat? You cheater, I hate you, okay? <laughs> okay? And this one thinks, you know what? To ask a good question here, I think I need to understand more before I even raise this topic. So I'm going to I'm going to read David Data's book, It's a Guy Thing, and I'm going to read about cheating and men and and why they behave this way and see if I can understand why this is so common in people. And then when she goes to talk to her man, she can ask much better questions. Yeah. And she can come with a much better energy and she can get to the bottom of things and I bet she'll get a sincere response from her man. Because she she, she, she understands men better, yeah. yeah. And she's not just triggered. She's like, you know what? I read a lot about cheating recently, and I know there's lots of reasons it happens. Some some primary ones and some secondary ones. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make any assumptions, but I did find out. I did catch you, and I, I really would like to get to the bottom of this. And you know, I don't know what this is going to mean for our relationship, but I'm willing to have the hard conversation. Like, bam, the 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 understanding leads to way better questions. Okay. And sometimes when you have a shitty understanding, you have to stop and go read a book. You got to go talk to a coach. You got to talk to a therapist. You got to get some uh, various opinions from your friends. You got to start uh, asking around on Reddit. Just get some opinions and don't instantly take one at face value. Oh, that's the answer. Yeah. Really <clears throat> do your research. Like a like a kid. Why? Why? And then if someone doesn't something doesn't seem right, like I don't know if that's true. I'm gonna go look somewhere else. Yeah, you're really great at this. I. I'm obsessed with dolls and crafts and building and making things and creating. And I want to, my dream is to make a dollhouse from scratch myself. You all of it. Ball and socket armatures were. <laughs> I love you so much. You're right. I did not. I didn't know uh, much about it. I just knew this was something that I really wanted to do. I've always wanted to do this. And you went and you, you like learned all this stuff and asked me, well, what, what size do you want to work in? And I was like, oh, and you're like, well, 112. And I was like, I don't even know. I'm the one who wants to make this stuff. And you went and learned all this cool stuff and, and, and then asked me these questions. And I'm like, I can't answer that because I don't know. But I had a deeper understanding than you did at that point. 
Yeah. I don't think I do anymore. No, but but still, it, it was really um it was really cool. And and it's an example. The reason I bring it up is because it's an example of what to do. Not not just your example. That was great with the cheater and whatever, but something doesn't even have to be like a big, huge thing. You know, it's a small thing. Learning something that I, I really my dream is to build this house. So you went and learned all these really interesting things about uh, doll houses and making dolls. And, and so, yeah, like, I think it's, it's, this is, this is what you do when you want to communicate with somebody and you want to ask better questions. You want to know more, you, you understand whatever it is better and don't be afraid to say, I don't know. Can you help me? Yeah, absolutely. And there's more to it than that. Sometimes you want to ask a yes or no question, but usually those aren't great because it, they don't, allow for much expansion. You're not going right. to get a lot of information. Right. Sometimes they're good. Do you want to eat? Yes or no? This is good. Yeah. But why is the sky blue is going to give you a way deeper answer. Right. And you're going to learn a lot more. Right. And so why is generally more powerful than a yes or no question. Yeah. But it also takes more time and more investment and you're mm -hmm. asking for more out of another person and so on. So it changes the communication. But Part of asking good questions is knowing which questions to ask and when. How is a good question, but it can often poke holes and deflate dreams. Someone's like, I want to be a dancer. And you're like, well, how are you going to do it? It's like, oh, you just like an arrow to the oh, heart. Oh, yeah. Man. That, that I'm, you didn't even, I'm not even asking that. And I felt that. Sure. Yeah. Because why would you say that? Yeah. Like, there are so many paths right. to become a dancer. Many people on earth have become a dancer. Yeah. Why are you poking holes? And so why yeah. is the first question, well, give me your full... 10-year plan on how you're going to become a dancer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the dude's sharing the, his dream or her dream or whatever. Yeah. Right. Well, this is why kids, they never ask how. I mean, maybe Rarely. like a further to further the thing, you know, but usually it's why. Yeah, why? because you were a why? kid and you knew not to ask how yeah. at the wrong time. Yeah. Like if someone's explaining something to me after I've asked why and then how exactly do I uh, last hit you know, or, you know, or, or when you would say as League of Legends, if you say the object is to to get as much gold as you can so you can buy items so you can beat the enemy. And then then you say, like, OK, well, well, how? This is just, so it has to fit. So it's not poking holes, like you said. So yeah, that's good. It's really good. And there's more. It's But it all comes back to the foundation principles, energy, attention, value. If someone, if you come into the room and there's a glass broken and someone's standing over it, you could say, what did you do? <laughs> and this is a, a shitty question with yeah. shitty energy. Yeah. And it's going to lose the attention of your audience. They're going to be like, whatever, dude. Like, they'll hate you for it. Yeah. Or you could ask, oh, what happened here? Oh, yeah. Right? It's it's, they're both what? They're both what questions, but they're very different with different energy and they communicate different things. And just most people are just bad at this. And it's okay. Yeah. It just takes practice. And when you get good at it, uh, you can cover a lot of ground quite quickly and get, get to a lot of productive solutions with your questions. Um, Great. Part of it is knowing what answer you want. In that example, what did you do versus what happened here? If I know what answer I want, do I want this man to be upset and antagonistic? Or do I just want to get to the bottom of the broken glass? See, if I want to mm. get to the bottom of the broken glass, the question I should ask is, well, what happened here? Yeah. If I want someone to be combative with me and antagonistic and I want to place blame on someone or jump to conclusions, it's a different answer I want. Then I ask a different question. What did you do? With that energy. Yeah. yeah. But you should know what answer you're looking for and don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to. Oh, I think we could do a whole podcast on asking questions we don't want the answers to. So- I never, I didn't think when we started this episode that we would go this longer than the, the Tate video, but here we are. We had a lot to talk about with communication. We had a lot to communicate about communication, y'all. Well done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for your time. And thank you for answering my uh, questions and for making me always feel like I could ask you anything and it, it's okay. Thank you for teaching me how to be a better communicator and how to express myself and to be less scared of the consequence of my communication. So thank you. So 
Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience? Tell them, explain any last final thoughts. <clears throat> you know how they say it's wise to invest in a good bed because you spend a lot of time in it, or it's wise to invest in a good chair because you spend a lot of time in it, or it's wise to invest in comfortable shoes because you spend a lot of time in them. Well, I say it's wise to invest in good communication because you spend a lot of time doing it. Yeah. I can't think of many other skills besides like breathing or thinking, critical thought, that are used as often as communication in your life on this planet. Communication affects all your dreams. Your dream of a great job or great career, communication affects it. Your dream of a, of a wonderful, loving partner, beautiful partner, rich partner, communication affects it. Your dream of a lovely family, healthy, hearty, playful, your communication affects it. And I want you to have all those things. And if you think you're going to get them without working on your communication skills, I feel like you're going to have a really hard time. But if you put a little practice in, a little attention, a little focus, and you get good at communication, it's going to be smooth sailing. You're going to be able to get everything you want from the world. This is one of the most important skills. You deserve to have an easy time with it. And anyone can do it with a little practice. I believe in you. I can't wait to see what you do with it. And that's why this podcast is called Eyes Wide Open. Keep rising.